Hello, celestial citizens. I'm Britt Duffy Adkins, and welcome to Continuum. The universe is expanding, and so is the space industry. With all the new announcements, developments, and launches, it can be a lot to keep up with. So we're here to help. Whether you're a space enthusiast or just starting to look up at the stars, we're the outlet providing space news for everyone. Yes, flat earthers will call us fake news, and we wear that badge proudly. So without further ado, here's Continuum. Today, we're joined by Tony DiBernardo. Tony, I missed you. I missed you too. But Helen did great. I really enjoyed watching Helen did awesome, yeah. But it's good to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. And we have (laughs) special guest, Nick Orenstein from H-Star Space. Um, Nick is a co-founder and I want to make sure I get this right, Chief of Human Spaceflight at H-Star Space, which is a very cool title, by the way. Um, and H-Star Space is rapidly, um, is building rapidly and fully reusable heavy rockets. So Nick, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just really happy to be here and happy to talk about space and all my experiences and have a lot of fun. Awesome. So I think we should probably jump right in with why don't we tell people all about H-Star? So what are you all working on and what inspired you to create this company? And how did you meet your co-founder? If you can remember all that, comes a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we were at an event last night uh, that allowed us to really practice these things. So, yeah. you know, just like all... Shout uh, out to Lava. You know, shout out to Lava. Thanks yeah, for... Yeah, Nick and uh, I randomly <laughs> ran into each other at Meet the VC, which is, and I'm using their words, speed dating for founders and VCs, which seems like a terrible liability. But anyway, moving on from that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> fresh off the uh, the repetition of last night, I think we can uh, do even better for, for yes. the podcast. There you and, go. Uh, get into a lot more details too. So uh, what we're building at H-Star is a heavy class uh, spaceship and the rocket that goes with it. And by being so large, it allows us to take uh, satellites to space and also people. Uh, and so the human space flight uh, role that I have at H-Star is based on a lot of the previous work that I've done. And we're really excited to be able to build a spaceship that can take people to space, which most of the other rockets out there can't. And we're near, really now at a point where uh, that's the future of transportation. So what we're building is that future in a way that can uh, serve people around the world uh, and not just here in America. Mm-hmm. We say that the H and H star stands for humanity. Mm. So we're really building humanity's spaceship. And uh, yeah. Okay, a question for you, and not to just strike at the heart, you know, go too deep too fast, but you worked at SpaceX and you were responsible for some of their biggest uh, milestones, like putting space balls on the iPads in the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but for real, he did do that, which is hilarious. But for real, you worked at SpaceX and now you are the founder of your own company that is doing similar things that SpaceX is doing. So what led you to d- the decision to say, I can do this better or I can do this in my way and that might be better? Yeah, well, what I did at SpaceX was uh, I was a crew equipment engineer and also had a lot of activities with the crew operations. So I spent six and a half years working with astronauts directly, whether that was NASA's astronauts or the inspiration for private citizens that went to space. Cool. And they were the ones who got to watch Spaceballs. The the NASA astronauts took naps at the time where... 
uh, we gave movies They're to like, the we've private done, guys. We've done this before. We know we need to yeah. sleep when the baby sleeps. Yeah. And <laughs> Said by a parent. Uh, and so what I was doing there for all these years was um, really with a team of people looking after the people in the spaceship. And what I found was that uh, there could be a company, HSTAR is, is doing this, that was really guided by being a human spaceflight company, where the focus of the customers, the focus of the type of vehicle we build is around people going to live and work in space and not just travel in space. And what ended up happening at, at SpaceX, at least from my perspective, was a company built around vehicle engineering and building uh, certain vehicles that met the needs of uh, what SpaceX has found to be its focuses. And their focuses have always been based around Mars. Yeah. And that's what I went to go work there for in the first place. I had done a lot of work out in the Mars Desert Research Station in Utah. Oh, dude, I went there too. It's so it was cool. really cool. I was practicing for Mars and yeah. uh, had a, a great time with two different crews. And I still have dreams of going to the real place, uh, but um, we'll we'll see, you know, if if I can still be around for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so SpaceX, you know, is is getting even closer to that now with Starship, and what they're doing is leaving behind Earth orbit, and seeing that really as a distraction. I started to notice that when I was there, but the industry is now noticing that even more. Uh, customers are telling uh, our company that. They are really happy that we're out there offering additional opportunities for heavy launch because SpaceX is treating them like a distraction. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. to be fair, is for those goals that they have. Exactly. So this fine. is yeah. it's perfectly fine. Exactly. And yeah. so uh, what we see is that there is a way to take the customers SpaceX doesn't want mm -hmm. rather than the ones they do. Yeah. You can kind of turn a distraction yeah. into an opportunity to just care for people in an area that they really want to be cared for. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I left, you know, with good memories and, and, you know, saying thank you on the last day and, you know, all positive mindset. So did the other colleagues of mine who were former SpaceXers. Mm. So we, none of us left SpaceX to go build this thing. Yeah. We actually were pulled together by uh, my co-founder Enzo, who uh, is a bit of a outsider who came from France with a dream and a vision to create a heavy launch company with all of the um, multi-purpose capabilities that HDR has. Mm -hmm. And he did through a bunch of great charisma and good ideas and, uh, you know, American entrepreneurial go-getter attitude banded together, uh, you know, sit before me, several board members who are tycoons of the industry. And, and one of them was a mentor of mine at SpaceX. And so, oh, wow. uh, through that, uh, we realized that there was a great opportunity to build a fast follower mm -hmm. and, and something else to, to go out to space in. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah, and I want to ask, obviously, not to, I, I don't want to focus too much on SpaceX, I want to focus on H-Star. Moving forward, like your guys' main capabilities, mm -hmm. what is it going to look like? In in 10 years, when I think of H-Star, is it mm -hmm. going to be, you know, uh, space tourism, where me and 200 of my friends can go up for, uh, you know, a reasonable price and go up and go in orbit for a little bit? Is it going to be taking us to a space hotel? Uh, is it just for transport? Like, what's your idea of um, kind of the main capabilities? Yeah, we're we're building a multi-purpose spaceship. And what that allows us to do is take three different kinds of customers to space routinely, even on the same mission. Mm. And those are satellites to orbit, mm -hmm. passengers for travel, and cargo delivery. Mm -hmm. And passengers is really back to the human spaceflight focus, our, our real interest in all of this. And 
So imagine a, a mission to one of these future space stations that now there's several in development, which is really exciting. So uh, the International Space Station has only a few years left in its great right. uh, you know, arc of, of history. And after that, there'll be several commercial space stations. Uh, one is Axiom. They're you know, in deep partnership with the space station already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's several others that have cool designs for partial gravity even. Holy and so a lot of these like sci-fi realities or sci-fi ideas are becoming a reality uh, in the next five to 10 year time frame. And in that top five to 10 year time frame, uh, other companies that exist right now are going out to the moon and Mars and leaving behind this huge market in Earth orbit. And so what we see as a, as a great opportunity is a spaceship that can take people to and from these space stations while also delivering satellites to orbit along the way. And so that helps cut costs because there's a cost sharing essentially between those kinds of customers. Yeah. And it also supports the growing market of both. Well, of course, right now, I mean, satellites is probably the number one way rocket aerospace companies are keeping their companies, newer aerospace companies are keeping their company afloat or launch companies because, I mean, you see these transporter missions, they're taking up like 60 satellites at once and releasing them all. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that's happening right now. Human transport's not happening this second. So it feels necessary to be able to do that as well as humans. But that's Yeah, and we have seen, you know, as humans that transportation is what connects us as hu- as humans around the world and as new types of transportation come on board over the centuries people are able to go and do more things and go to new places and mm-hmm. you know build businesses and families in in new areas and so you know a few hundred years ago that was ships and then trains and then last century cars and airplanes and now it's time for spaceships and we're not the first spaceship but there's not a spaceship like us that is really focusing on being the, the future of transportation, really in, in Earth orbit, looking yeah. back to Earth. And um, in the future, we'll, you know, sure, go on deeper into the solar system. But there's a great opportunity here at Earth for, for space to help Earth mm-hmm. and, and, and humanity uh, travel around. So I'm really curious, too, because I think this is fascinating how you're talking about, you know, kind of multiple different types of cargo, um, including human cargo. Probably not the best way to phrase that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I really, I really find that model quite interesting. So walk me through a little bit, like what is your total payload capacity on one of your vehicles? And then how do you see that split between like how many humans do you anticipate are going to go up on, you know, one launch versus, you know, split with, you know, other payload and things like that. Sure. So in rocketry, there's three classes of rockets, small, medium, and heavy Mm -hmm. and super heavy. Super Sorry. heavy, suppose, <laughs> where, I, I you stop. know, stop. Starship <laughs> likes to say tons and tons, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, we'll tons, see tons, tons, tons and tons. They don't really know. Um, so small, medium and heavy. If we think of airplanes, small is like Cessna propeller planes. Yeah. Medium is like Embraer regional jets. Okay. And heavy is like a 737 or 777 big jumbo jet that can go across continents or oceans. Okay. Okay. The Falcon 9 that's been around for a long time, it's really a medium-class rocket. And Starship from SpaceX is the, SpaceX disrupting themselves and building a heavy-class rocket. There's a number of companies, hundreds even, in the last three or five years that have been funded that are small rockets, the Cessnas of the industry. Hmm. And from a capability standpoint, the small rockets can take up to 1,000 kilograms or one ton, metric ton. The medium rockets can take up to 20 tons, mm-hmm. and the heavy rockets are 20 and more. Okay. 
Okay. And so what we're building is one that's a 40 ton capability. So in the heavy class, but not tons and tons like you know others are trying to do at the screaming edge of physics in order to basically get as far away to Mars as possible. Mm -hmm. Question, uh, so on your website, one of the key points that you have on there is that you you're going to be able to compete with people in your class, other companies mm -hmm. in your class. But you're going to, I mean, SpaceX already took down the cost a bunch. Mm -hmm. You are saying that you guys are going to be competitive in cost as well. So like, how does a new company, um, how does a new company uh, do that? Do that. Yeah. yeah, do that. Sorry. Yeah, by, by coming at the right time in history, every company that has the best potential to succeed also needs great timing. And we're at the third phase of the commercial space industry. The first phase being 1980 to 2000 with the space shuttle and government contractors doing contractor work. The second phase was SpaceX and others, but mostly led by SpaceX, 2000 to 2020. Uh, and in my mind, it kind of ended with Demo 2, the first astronaut mission of which I was part of. Cool. And the next phase, uh, which I'm also part of, is, uh, yeah, that was with Bob and Doug. Um, is this uh, future phase is going to go on for 20 more years. And uh, so the rockets of the, um, that exist right now are all rockets that were built using the end of the last phases, methods, customer base, mindsets, et cetera. And so far, the only one that's really being built for this next phase is Starship and H-Star as um, you know, a new entrant. And so the, the way that we're able to basically move into these new lower continued lower prices or at least on par with what is go is offered right now is through new supply chain revolutions that have happened that weren't available to companies in the last phase of the industry mm -hmm. because it's basically the result of that so i'm not the only one who's left spacex and started a startup yeah. and yeah. uh you know there's there are vcs that invest only in spacex alums yeah know? really yeah. there are and there's websites that track all of us yeah. and how it's all going yes uh, wow yeah, it's true and that's fun so most of those friends of mine have started uh component companies and system level companies that are taking the things that they were doing down in Hawthorne and creating great businesses around them to go sell them to other people in the industry. Well, and I think like one of the things and, you know, not to maybe give Elon too much credit over at SpaceX, of course, it's a whole team of, of people, but I think it was really about showing people what's possible, mm -hmm. right? So I think that was like, at least from an outsider's perspective, that's what SpaceX did really well, yeah. is they opened the door, they showed people what was possible, they gave people lots of different ideas, but they've also said like, yeah, but that's not our direct mission. So mm -hmm. somebody else needs to work on that. Somebody else needs to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So I think what's nice about it is that has also led to now this ecosystem of so many other startups coming yeah. in to kind of, you know, pick up, you know, the task in different areas. Right. Um, Do, doing things that essentially now are also in textbooks. So yeah. uh, the two engineers that are already working with me were classmates of mine at USC mm. in the grad program for astronautical engineering. And what we were able to learn in school were things that back in phase one of the industry were state secrets. And now they're just in textbooks and you go to yeah. college and the undergrads, 18 year olds yeah. are learning these things yeah. now. Yeah. And yeah. so the knowledge is out there. As you said, some of the, is it possible questions have been answered. Yeah. And so now with a clean slate, HSTAR is able to pick the best of, the, of a new supply chain mm -hmm. and a, a more efficient one. Mm -hmm. We're able to do things without all of the infrastructure and technical debt that the rocket companies from the last phase have mm -hmm. 
that are trying to change their vehicles. Mm -hmm. And also through some of the you know um, new uh, processes that are out there and, and choices of engines, the you know by going to methane as a fuel, methane is also cheaper than RP one, mm -hmm. and so even just operational costs are lower. Yeah, and so you know with H star um, specifically, I'm curious. You all are right now um, raising your Series A round. Um, obviously, you know you've you've must have hit a lot of milestones to get to that point alone. So could you maybe also share a few of like what those you know major milestones are that you all are really happy about, and um, and then kind of just I don't know, tell us how you got to where you are today with the company. Yeah, today is a great time, and uh, really happy and proud of the team that we've worked with because only a week or two ago did we finish a whole year's worth of effort uh, on wow. what we uh, congrats did as eh, thanks. Yeah. It's uh, Many startups don't make it a year. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, you know, not only have we made it the time, but we also met a deadline uh, of a major technical milestone. And so uh, now we're at a point where we have a preliminary design review of the whole system of the rocket and that mm -hmm. and spaceship. And that's kind of an aerospace terminology uh, for ways in which uh, engineers program plan and eventually go through all of the development of something. Mm -hmm. uh, so the design review includes the actual design of the vehicle, but it also has manufacturing plans and testing plans and, um, you know, business type things as well, mm -hmm. excuse me, as, as well in there. And so finishing that was really the culmination of the seed round of the company. Mm -hmm. And we were able to do that scrappily in a, in a tough financial year yeah. by essentially working for no salaries and, you know, uh, pinching pennies on travel trips and doing everything we could to really just focus on the engineering work um, to get to this point. Mm -hmm. uh, along the way, we, uh, you know, in in this in aside to that, of course, we traveled around and captured interest from customers, mm -hmm. got interest from investors who are um, going to come in for this Series A, mm -hmm. and and really built a brand out out of the business as well. Yeah, um, I want to stop us real quick um, to thank our sponsor. Um, Copper Moon Coffee. All of us are enjoying Copper Moon right now. Um, of course, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for our uh, sponsors, Copper Moon, and yeah, for providing sure. us with Cheers. caffeine. Also, I'll if you guys, you. if you haven't tried Copper Moon yet, it's amazing. It's amazing coffee. I say it every time. It's the What's best your coffee favorite flavor? Oh, Dark Sky. Really? I'm a dark coffee kind of guy. Okay, so I have to admit this. You made fun of me, but Southern Pecan is yeah. my favorite. Okay. Southern right. Pecan is it with some oat milk, oat milk, if you would like to sponsor us <laughs> oat next. Milk. Yeah, oat, oat milk. milk is good. So I switched from Oatly to Oat Milk, although maybe I will cut this if Oatly wants to sponsor us. But Oat Milk <laughs> is desperate. no gum, no fillers. It's like three ingredients. Oh, nice. So it's like the good for you oat, oat milk. Milk and salt. Oh, yeah. Look at that. And like Ooh. we're all, I mean, some of us are enjoying it more than others, I think. Tony definitely scoffed at the oat milk. No, I didn't. I don't, I don't know how you can like live in LA and not be into oat milk. Good thing I don't live in LA. Cheers. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, well, before we move uh, too far away from coffee, I have a, a really good coffee in space story. Oh, nice. Oh, so uh, I didn't know about coffee, Copper Moon at the time, so I couldn't send it. But, you sent uh, Lavazza, didn't you? you no, and it. and I think probably for uh, <laughs> you know not not sharing uh, free product placement, no, I, you can't, I won't name the names you of can't. the three or four different brands that we did send. But oh, yeah. uh, doing crew equipment for Dragon was a really fun opportunity to 
uh, be the one who got to to put together the Shoot. things to live and work in space oh, and, cool. and choose things. Yeah, and, that's awesome. Um, so by Inspiration 4, there were not many more things that we needed to develop because we had already done most of it for NASA for the first oh, three NASA cool. missions. But NASA still was providing food uh, and drinks on their missions. Oh, wow. And so for Inspiration 4, that was one of the final pieces. And so I was the food and beverage engineer. Oh, cool. What a time. For Inspiration 4. Uh, Do you use Christopher Eddy's uh, espresso uh, canister that uh, you made? We did send one of those up to space. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay, and they're cool. really cool. Like we, They're not cheap, but uh, yeah, right. we, we reached out to the company that made those coffee mugs. Margo and, Tech or something um, like that? And sent and sent those, but were you in the documentary? Did you get featured? Because I feel like uh, like I was on B footage. I was I was filmed and then on the cutting room floor. But there is a quick scene where they're doing the food taste testing, and Haley makes a barfy face because she didn't. They didn't really like the first choice of things that we had get we had offered them because it was all like camping food that's fine uh, (laughs) but but so then as a result of that what we did um back to like customer experience and where you know one of the lessons that i learned of the the need to have great you know astronaut customer experience is more than the vehicle it's really about who's inside it yeah uh is they pushed for uh two things cold pizza and Mm. coffee they wanted cold pizza. They wanted I cold that pizza from the and coffee. Yeah. yeah. And no. so uh, I had to make a space cooler because we didn't have any electricity. Oh, and uh, cool. Yeti yeah. wasn't good enough. So we got all the like special foams that you SpaceX hear that, Yeti? had. You weren't and, good enough. Uh, good enough for one coffee. day, but not for four. Yeah, no way. And so we had to find a way to keep things, according to food services, like below 41 Fahrenheit for oh. days. so that people wouldn't get sick yeah and so built a specialty space cooler and in it were like these lunch boxes that we basically found online these like kids lunch boxes that passed all of the stress and like destructive tests i need to to know what brand Um, i would i can't say because i i will tell you my kids put their lunch boxes through their face the ringer so i need like the (laughs) spacex tested yeah. So there, I, I yeah. could have been a millionaire on YouTube if yeah, I yeah. had been able to show videos of all of these fun product tests that I. Had. He's like the one wow. that actually worked was it was actually a collaboration between My Little Pony and Paw Patrol. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> so we, that's amazing. Yeah. What a cool story. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Dr. Cyan Proctor's on your advisory board. She is from getting okay. to know her on yeah. Inspirational. Oh, yeah. oh, what a cool yeah. circle and so, moment. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And so in order to keep the cold pizza frozen, the iced coffee that we had started frozen. And so we oh. didn't use did ice, ice packs. We used the coffee oh. as ice packs. Nice. That's smart. That's, that's yeah. ingenious. Uh, nice. Methods. Well, we'll we'll convey this to Copper Moon and yeah, make yeah. sure they get on yeah. the next mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, our people will talk anyway. to more people. Anyway. Yeah, good job on the um, sponsor. Question for you. Obviously, that's all I'm doing is asking you questions. Um, so back to, obviously, from being a food and beverage engineer to starting your own or, or co-founding H-Star. You guys have worked for one year, which in aerospace, you're new, right? And so not to say that in a, in a negative light, but you, you've done the hard, so much hard work. You have a long road ahead of you. Everything that you just told us about, like getting people, satellites and cargo and everything up to space, mm-hmm. things go right, things go wrong. What's the current timeline? Like when can, when do you think we will see this is a guess. You're a year in, but you know what I mean. What's your guys' goal? 
Yeah, the the targets are uh, three timelines: five, eight, and ten years. Okay. So the five-year timeline would be first launch. Okay. And ideally, that's the first customer launch, and uh, has, before so you want that, successful non-human launches before. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be with satellites. Um, and before that, we'll have several qualification test launches where we get to orbit without a paying customer on it. Sure, just to yeah. take readings and see how everything. Yeah, goes. and to make sure that uh, we don't blow up a person's satellite. Yeah, you know, which uh, is it would be okay to blow our own thing up as a test, but to then lose someone else's uh, satellite is something we don't want to do until we know that. Yeah, well, it, we won't launch until we know that. It won't yeah. happen. I want to just cut in real quick. I want, yeah. I want you to answer, finish that question. But does that mentality of like fuck around and find out from SpaceX, does that follow you to other companies? I know that that doesn't encompass all of you, but obviously that's how that company was run. So do you bring any of that attitude to HSTAR or not really? Uh, well, I had a rule at SpaceX <laughs> Wait, that... On the spot. Well, I just no, want to no, know. No, like, you know, it's just, more of a personal question. Yeah, like, do you no, bring jokingly, I, I had a rule at SpaceX that there were no rules except for don't fuck up. Okay. And so <laughs> I would say that even SpaceX doesn't fuck around and find out. Sure. It's all like uh, process-driven. Oh, yeah. It's only but, the, out, uh, the outward, yeah, the yeah. outward uh, um, view of it is fuck around and of find course, out because they're blowing you know, a yeah. But yeah. Okay. But of course, rocket engineers and rocket scientists were all the kids who played with fire and were good at it. So we like to do that yeah Yeah. don't get me wrong Uh, so yeah that mindset for sure um pushes forward and and the the test it mindset Mm -hmm. uh rather than um you know a term that gets thrown around analysis paralysis right Mm. and uh that's the last tier that's the last epoch of yeah so that was 1980 to 2000 2000 to 2020 spacex test everything and what we're doing in a lot of ways you know one of our core principles is flexibility is rolling it back just a little bit and finding a happy middle. So there's a happy middle to a lot of different design spaces. One is what is the payload that we're taking? We're not gonna be on the screaming edge. We're gonna roll it back and find a happy middle. Another is on testing. We're gonna certainly lead with the test first approach, but with some of the team that we've already brought on and some of the partners that we're um, talking with for the future that have great analysis capabilities, we don't wanna eliminate analysis from what we do the way there was before. So we're finding a new happy middle on a lot of this. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely test it and test it and test it again. Yeah. And for the record, for anyone listening and for you as well, I don't actually believe that every engineer is having that mindset. I know that there are such talented and prepared and intelligent and experienced engineers behind those that yeah. around and find out. But to the general population, you're blowing stuff up. But it works. You don't see all the yeah. readings you guys No, and, and that's the way know. to do it. Like... Um, I was the, the headlight engineer, and we had to check, wa- like, are they waterproof? And uh, the best way to do that was Fire to hose. fill up a trash can full of water and dunk the headlight and mm, just spend an hour dunking it and taking it out and seeing, does this thing leak? Like, mm-hmm. you can look at it all you want, read the specs all you want, and but you got to just do the yeah. thing. Just got to yeah. launch it. Yeah. See. And yeah. So going back to okay, yeah, so the five, five, eight, and ten. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so five years gets a satellite to space. Yep. And then eight years for human spaceflight. Okay. Uh, and we'll start the human spaceflight efforts in parallel before the the first satellite launch. But really, it's okay. get satellites going and then people. Mm-hmm. And uh, once that happens, then we're going to be able to expand out our fleet and expand out to other countries Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a global presence plan that allows us to launch from every continent which also separates us all these launch yeah by um, creating spaceports around the world 
uh, so that by 10 years we can be at full-scale operations mm -hmm. as a profitable business that's launching uh, our fleet of rockets and spaceships from, from around the world. And I'm going to ask you a really impossible question that you're probably not going to like, but do you have any idea of like when you start launching humans, what a ticket price is going to be? Yeah, that's a big part of what we're already modeling right now and planning okay. for is uh, $20 million per person. Okay. And so to give some perspective on that, uh, it is... Is that there and back? Uh, there and back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, that's a good question. It depends on how long the layover is. You know? I mean, that is, a, as an aside, it's a good question because if you think of these future space stations where people want to spend weeks or months up there, yeah. right now, Dragon docks a Dragon to the space station the whole time, mm -hmm. and the people go down in the same vehicle they came up in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the model that we're starting with, yeah. and that's a, a round-trip cost. Yeah. But in the yeah. future, it, it, it would be interesting to see if... It's a, a one-way cost kind of a thing where I you stay take for a month and I take yeah, and then you take back. a different vehicle back so that the vehicle doesn't have to dock there the whole time. Yeah, but, but you need rapid response capabilities for emergencies and stuff like that. So Could you imagine in like thirty years, you're like booking your flight on uh, Booking dot yeah, I don't know whatever it's called Booking dot space Booking dot com Booking dot space, yeah. and you're like, okay, I want to go to the register oh that now. I know I have like a twelve-hour oh, layover. I have a 12-hour layover on the Lunar Gateway, and I yeah. just can't afford to be there that long. I just got to go straight to the moon. So you're looking at, like, I got to go to Expedia and see which one's, you know, yeah. my mind's going. Anyway, okay, so. No, but that's actually, like, uh, thinking out loud here, and I know this is going to sound terrible, and certainly I am not, I do not have the money to pay for that, but actually, that's a pretty fair price. I mean, to get a flight into space. What is it now, like 50? Yeah, so now uh, the going rate for Axiom missions is about 65 million. Okay. That includes mm -hmm. some money to the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I wanted to ask you, so that eight to 10 year timeline, I'm saying eight to 10 year because the FAA exists. Does that line up with Axiom and other space stations being ready to mm -hmm. receive you guys? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So back to like this new phase of the industry, there's all of these companies that are either coming out with their next generation capabilities or startups that are funded that are developing their first capabilities that are all going to launch five to eight years from now. Mm, cool. And they are part of this growing marketplace that's going to take the satellite market time another order of magnitude larger in the next five years. Mm -hmm. And the passenger market is, is just beginning. It's, it's really impossible to, to tell how large that'll get one day. And so, so yeah, we're the rocket and spaceship in parallel to all of this other growth. Again, while SpaceX and others go out to the moon and Mars for their own purposes, this huge infrastructure of an industry that's going through an industrial revolution doesn't have a rocket and spaceship for it to go to mm -hmm. space. So we're launching all that global effort and that global cooperation yeah. um, and focusing on them. I'm going to cut you off because I got a burning question here. Because I, sorry, Tony, I'm, I'm terrible Just about that. don't this. cut me off my copper moon coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nicely you're done. You're fine. Nicely done. Burning okay. methane and liquid oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun when we have like engineers know, on, right? Yes. It's so fun. You can actually joke and laugh. I know. Okay. So my question is, because obviously you guys are solving for a gap and a need, um, which I also want to jump more into that anyway, but... Um, you know, on the on the sort of near Leo kind of market, right? But obviously, once SpaceX, you know, figures out how to get to the lunar surface, land Starship, get to Mars. Um, similarly, right, it would be good to have multiple options mm -hmm. in those places as well. So you talked about your five, eight, and ten year timeline. 
Do you have any plans for, I mean, obviously that's a very ambitious goal in and of itself, yeah. but afterwards to then kind of follow on and then open up into the lunar and Martian markets as well? Yeah, yes, we do. So I've talked a little bit about our core principles as a company. I'll kind of repeat them again. The ones I've already talked about are flexibility and cooperation. And the third is longevity. Mm. And so as a company, what we're able to do by building the vehicle that we're, we're building is have longevity so that once we're ready for that market, which is beyond Earth orbit, we'll be able to do that. But mm. we want to focus you know, really closely on uh, what we're doing now in the next in that first 10 years because for any business that's still a long amount sure. of time yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah 10 years from now once we find ourselves you know profitable where our own you know profits can create those developments to go to the moon to go to mars to go to asteroids yeah that that's a big part of our, our long-term plan mm -hmm. and why do you think more people because for such a long time or i guess i don't know time's relative but for a period of time people were so focused on small launch vehicles and obviously there was a ton of hype around that. So why do you think more people haven't been focused like you have? Because from an outsider's perspective, it seems like that's a much more attractive market to go after. Um, and it gives you a lot more flexibility because you can do everything that small launch can do, but you can do it at a much greater scale and introduce, you know, bringing humans on board as well. So yeah, why do you think more people haven't focused on that particular part of the market? Yeah, uh, it had to do with, the technology capabilities of a few years ago. This industrial revolution hadn't happened yet in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. uh, it also had to do with a near-term desire to, to serve the customers that existed five or eight years ago, really eight years ago, which were universities coming on board with small set, like uh, CubeSats were new and, yeah. that, and exciting and still are exciting because they do great things. Right. But what hadn't come on board yet, which is now in, in place, are mega constellations of thousands of satellites and, and the proving that that is a real thing. Yeah. And so a small rocket would take hundreds or thousands of launches to launch these constellations. A heavy rocket would take 10 launches. And so mm -hmm. it's just a different value proposition to the constellations to get to their end user faster. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, then also by seeing um, the the capabilities of something like Starship becoming viable. Mm -hmm. uh, more people are now starting to, to design heavy uh, payloads again. Yeah. Uh, and including some of our partners who are designing things that are 25 ton payloads. And so there's no way that even a Falcon 9 can launch that. <laughs> I would take a Falcon Heavy of, yeah. of which, you know, that's eventually going to kind of get deprecated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it only took one time of me seeing JWST having to fold up into like a tiny origami to realize that eventually we're going to need heavier launch. You know what I mean? Well, with that, you bring up another really important point, which is it's more than just mass, it's volume. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so uh, the future of a lot of this infrastructure space is volume limited by the small vehicles. Interesting. Great uh, point, Tony. Yeah, He's time. brilliant in this one that we're here. Um, okay, I want to move on to another segment, but I want to ask you two more questions. Sure. One is my favorite thing to ask, and it's the hardest to answer a lot of the times. <clears throat> We've got a lot of problems here on Earth. Mm -hmm. Why are you building a space company right now? Yeah, well, uh, the money spent in space is not literally put into a rocket and sent to space. <laughs> it is not a one-way trip. No, money. the money is spent on Earth on jobs for people here on Earth. And one of the things that we're doing, also in work with a trade association that we've created to uh, 
represent underrepresented people in the industry and provide jobs for them is to show that the space industry is a great new future of economic development for the world and not just for the U.S. And so that's something that I think has been missed in the past that um, can can really be focused on in the future. That uh, And also, like I've been saying, with our focus on sending things to Earth orbit, we're really a company driven by serving Earth. And so the satellites that go up to space in the next few years will be for communication improvements, for observation around weather and commerce and things that really help people here on Earth. Uh, it's it's not joy rides. It's, it's not going off into the, the great unknown, but um, it's serving the cooperative mission that's at the core of HDAR, where we say the H is for humanity. Yeah. And, and we're building humanity's spaceship. Yeah, I don't think people realize that even when they see a, a Falcon 9 go up or, or any of these with all these satellites, to them, it's just government contracts. But to us, we know that all the good that those satellites do, like, mm -hmm. you know, the Hawaii fires or the hurricanes or any of these natural disasters. GPS in all of our phones. And yeah, exactly. So that's wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, before we move on to our next segment, is there anything about H-Star that we didn't get a chance to ask about that you feel like needs to be said? It's more than just me. You know, it's a great team of people. Really proud of the team that we've put together in, a, in just a year and then the scrappy work that we've all done together uh, to build something really big. So, yeah, just a shout out to the team. And where can people go to learn more about H-Star? Yeah, uh, we have a website, hstarspace.com, uh, but most of our uh, active news and, and updates are on our LinkedIn page. Uh, and so check out HDAR Space on LinkedIn. Do you want to say anything else or should I just jump in? Um, no, I think I let's jump in. We're still in we the spent a lot of time talking about rockets, but that was fascinating. I that really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, um, I like didn't want to stop it. I know, I'm like, we have more. <laughs> I know, and now all of our like space enthusiasts are going to be like, oh, they're doing like the the stupid segments. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we got to do it. All okay. right, you want to lead? Yeah, we got like five minutes left. So should I just do? Uh, would you rather? Or yeah, should I do. Uh, new game. You pick. You made them. All right. You pick. Next, we're going to do a fun segment, and I couldn't think of a better name, so it's called the Cosmic Word Warp Challenge, and I'm going to need your guys' help for this one. I did not tell you this was going to happen. <laughs> All right, so here's what's going to do. Here's what's going to happen. Welcome to the Cosmic Word Warp Challenge. <laughs> I had to practice, okay? The ultimate wordplay game that will test your creativity and, I didn't write the second point, uh, relevance and knowledge in the space knowledge. industry. In this game, we will warp words and phrases into cosmic creations that are out of this world. Okay, here's how we're going to play. I'm going to list off space terms, random things, companies, things like, you know, NASA, Galaxy, Black Hole, SpaceX, mm -hmm. Rocket, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I need you to rename them to be more fun and to more accurately reflect what they've become. Okay, I'm ready. Sound good? So ready? here's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to say the word. You guys are each going to think of a word and we are going to vote on which one is better. Oh. Sound good? Yeah, and no AI is going to be included. No AI is going to oh, be included. Human writing. So, for example, uh, like if, if I say black hole, you could say something uh, oh. dumb and uncreative like galactic vortex or something um, abyss, witty like is. Calcutta, my spaghetti, or St. Anthony's abyss. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, spaghettification. Yeah, that is related oh, to, yeah. you know, to black hole. I had some time to think about it, and you okay. won't have time. Okay, okay so. we won't have time. I haven't seen these. All right, okay. you have not seen I'm not even ready. Yeah. Oh, oh great. <laughs> Pencils down. But we're going to start with the obvious one. Sorry, I know I said I wasn't going to say too much. Okay, go ahead. SpaceX. Think of a new name for SpaceX. And I'll cut out the dead silence, obviously. Um, 
big fucking space company. I don't know. Nice. Okay. It's not all about Elon. There you go. Okay, nice. So big fucking space company or rocket company? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah. BFRC? Yeah. Or it's not all about Elon. Tim? BFRC. Okay. I feel like I can order that from a Poyo logo. Okay. Anyway, next one. Uh, next one is Blue Origin. Oh, a company created by a man who looks like the guy from Contact. Whoa. Whoa. Nice, Brett. Too long to fit on the spreadsheet, but uh, what about you? <laughs> rising tides lifts all ships, but they're not rising with the tide. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. God, yeah, it's gonna. Have, sorry, Tim. I'm gonna bypass the vote on that one. <laughs> wow. That wow. Literally and figuratively. So okay, that was pretty good. All right. Oh, next one is um, Copper Moon. I we do love the name Copper Moon, but it's part of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can go first too if you think of something. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> this is gonna be a layup. You say anything, it'll be better than that. <laughs> Uh, doesn't doesn't whiskey come from copper stills, not coffee? Yeah, all right. <laughs> See, so Copper Moon, if you're watching this, whiskey is next for you. Yeah. Okay. Wait, um, wait, they got a vote. They got a vote. Yeah, it's whiskey again. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was best two out of three. So we're gonna go fi uh, lightning round now, and it's a okay. quick. Would you rather? All right. Okay. So you can go quick. You don't have to explain any of your like answers. I just this time. Just hit. Okay. Okay. You don't have to explain any answers. Okay. Would you rather go to the moon with a return ticket or Mars without one? Mars without one. Okay. Would you rather be the first to mine an asteroid or the first to sell one? Ooh. So like as the miner with a pickaxe? Yeah. Yeah. Put me on that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, if you remember from Neil deGrasse Tyson's rendition of Cosmos, he flew around in a spaceship of the imagination where you can go anywhere you want, see anything without being affected by lack of oxygen, extreme conditions. It's like a TARDIS type thing. If you had a spaceship like that, where would you go? To another star. Any other star. Uh, yeah, and uh, if it had a planet, that'd be great. But yeah, just to... Is there such thing as like a class H star? Or like a class G, right? Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, class H star? Oh my God. I did actually do exoplanet research once upon a time. I should know this, cool. but... Okay, I, cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, yeah, go to another star. Yeah. Would you rather have the ability to communicate with extra or intelligent extraterrestrial life or uncover, be the one to uncover the mysteries of dark matter and dark energy? Oh, extraterrestrial life. Okay, cool. I would be do the opposite, actually, but I like, I respect that. Um, if you had lunch with Elon Musk right now, your old boss, what would you ask him? It's not a would you Why ask. he didn't focus on the people who worked for him more. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, okay, I would ask about that photo of Amber Heard he just posted. That was messed up, right? I, I'm not, I'm not clued in. Do, yeah, but that's all just gossip. That? Yeah. All right, that book came out. Are you guys going to read it? I'm going to read it. Obviously, he's the best biography. You're going to read the Walter Isaacson book? I heard it was... I'm not. I'm going to listen to it. Not great. Walter Isaacson's like the go-to biographies, right? That's like... Yeah, but someone made a great point. They were like, he started out where he did like Albert Einstein and Steve Jobs and maybe that was a hard act to follow is like the yeah the, the punchline there. I don't know. Um, Elon's done a lot of really obviously amazing things for the space industry and the automotive industry but so is glenn shawwell okay, yeah well, uh, well on my last day at spacex i wrote him an email that said thank you so i, I left with a thank you just you know just thank, thank you. you no and uh, like I said, no and, and to keep no and to keep up uh, the great things that he was doing yes yeah. okay spacex yeah. is successful thanks to him 
and also all the thousands of people I, who works for him. Personally, and that he I'd like him yeah. to just be more focused on that, a little less focused on all the other noise. But that's my own personal. Well, we're not asking you, we're asking him. So, okay. Uh, would you rather witness the birth of a new star? Uh, I already know the answer to this. Or be part of a Mars terraforming project? Oh. The Mars terraforming project. Okay, wow. All right, cool. And lastly, would you rather participate in a space-themed game show? Just kidding. Um, for a chance to win a ticket to space. Oh. Or join a team of scientists working on a mission to explore a distant exoplanet. The game show to go to space. Super fun. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. All right. I got one. I think we can, like, if we... Time. Two minutes? Yeah. Two okay. minutes. Um, okay. So this one we played before here on the show. Kiss, Mary Kill, Space Edition. All right. Are you ready for this? Okay. All right. Star Wars, Star Trek, or Guardians of the Galaxy? Let's see. Uh, Kiss, Mary Kill. Yeah. Kiss in uh, Star Wars... You know, there's Princess Leia and all of that. And that's true. <laughs> but that's like, Princess that's Leia. That's kind of incestual. So I'm not Luke. I'm, uh, You're not Luke. You're uh, all yeah, up. Yeah, okay. All right. Kiss Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know. I hate, I, hate, I, I actually don't like this game because I don't Do like, like Star Trek. <laughs> uh, no, the kill, kiss, marry, kill. It's like uh, hard to come up. Yeah. So it's like what you, what you what like, you, like you could say what you yeah, like, what, please. You have to make a choice. Like so yeah, so it's like, the thing you like the most, the thing you like the middle, and the thing you like the least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But it's also like, yeah, but like marry or like, I don't know. I, well, but, I guess it depends on. These are hard. It's also like. Yeah. Like, but we, you yeah, kind of do with the relationship yeah. too. Like the one you want to have a long lasting relationship yeah, with. Yeah. That, Versus yeah. like, you know, just a passing glance. The fling on the side. We all have them. Let's just be out in the open with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, the guy not wearing his wedding hey, ring. Says the woman not wearing her wedding ring. I never, I. <laughs> I forgot. At least I recognized that. Mm -hmm. I did. I was like, oh my okay. gosh, I forgot. Yeah, I, I we have issues here. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's like the uh, the one I want. Uh, that I, well, I, the thing about Star Wars right now, though, that's kind of a kill is that they are just overdoing all of it. Yeah, there's so too maybe much. I'm just like uh, maybe kill the the things that keep going on and on and on about Star Wars. Okay. And but Star Trek definitely uh, isn't coming out with anything new right now. But I want to I want to marry Star Trek. Just right. that uh, total like uh, the next generation. We're out there for scientific exploration yeah. and you know People the good of you know discovery. Them. You know it really is yeah. sci-fi versus fantasy though. That's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. They're not in the same. Category. Right. Yeah. I mean, I grew up mostly a Star Wars fan, but then when I finally saw Star Trek: Next Generation, I realized that that was much more in line with like how I want to see space as mm -hmm. not just a battle. Yeah. And. Uh, and then Guardians of the Galaxy is like his own crazy thing. Like it's a lot yeah. of fun. It's just fun and uh, out yeah. there. And... Okay. Well, I really want to bring peace, freedom, security, and justice to my new empire. So I'm a Star Wars fan. Anyway, next one. <laughs> I like the I like the values, Tony. Um, okay, SLS, Saturn V, or Starship? Kiss, Mary, kill. We should have. Oh, we should have put like, what's the name of your vehicle? Actually, we never asked that. Do you uh, have it? Working titles it? that are still okay. being working title. We, okay, well, that's not even fair because obviously yeah, he's be married. That so yeah. SLS Saturn V Starship. Mary Saturn V because it brought Apollo to the moon. Oh, wow. Kissed Starship because SpaceX Kiss got me to where I am at, <laughs> and I'm not the only. I'm not the one who's going to kill SLS. It's going to kill itself. Oh. Oh, yeah, true. He's not wrong. Yeah. They're getting some bad media right now. Say, like, 
more than normal, more than you. Okay, last one. Okay, uh, whoo, 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 last one. What's a really good one? Should we do? No, don't do that one. No, I've been talking about that too much. Ooh, oh, oh. One. which one? Oh, oh, baby. that one, that one. Ten. Oh, oh no, Tony, what are you the doing? One. Ten. Okay, okay. Um, the Expanse, Battlestar Galactica, or For All Mankind. Have you seen all three of those? I haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, so oh. I'll, I'll just say. Oh. Kill, kill that one because I don't know anything about it. I would it. say kill the yeah. other one because yeah. you haven't tried it yet. You know what I mean? Like if you've already done one and you finished it, just kill it because you don't need it anymore. <laughs> to be fair, The Expanse yeah. and For All Mankind very good shows. Battlestar. Yeah, it's... The Expanse and For All Mankind are some of the are two of the best sci-fi's out the there. The real question is, yeah. have you seen our reaction videos to For All Mankind? No, I have not. <laughs> um, can I give you just a recommendation? Battlestar Galactica is one of the best pieces of science fiction media I have seen. Original or new one? The new one. Newish. The newish one. Yeah, the newish one. Is it, is it also gives me like so little good. peak 90s vibes, which yeah. I know is super in right now, especially yeah. with Gen Z. So wild, right? Like, it's really good. People mm -hmm. love the 90s now. Mm -hmm. And so it gives peak 90s vibes. Anyway. Yeah, I think I'd... Kiss for All Mankind because it's still kind of ongoing, but mm -hmm. marry the Expanse because it's the long-term relationship off into the other oh, far Expanse. expanse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, this was so fun. And yeah. I mean, we had a blast and it was so informative. Thanks for telling us all about H-Star and yourself. Yeah, it was really oh. fun uh, sharing stories. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about H-Star. Uh, and yeah, I look forward to talking more. Yeah, definitely. We will be keeping uh, posted on your progress. Love to see it. Um, wishing you all all the best and one last shout out thank you so much to copper moon coffee also for this these sweet shirts that you can not see too well, but sorry. um oh i did i did bring him one oh nice yeah oh, uh, if you guys want some coffee make sure to either go uh, you know check out the link in the description below or go to coppermoon.com or coppermooncoffee.com and use our code celestial20 it'll get you 20 percent off any coffee yeah you can stock up on all your pumpkin spice needs this fall mm -hmm. Um, our other sponsors, Multiverse Media, Colorado School of Mines, Space Resources Program, and Explore Mars. Thank you so much for making our show possible. And thanks, guys. Nick, thanks again. Yeah, keep looking up. All right. Keep looking up. Bye, everyone. Bye. And as a reminder, if you want to check out our original features, head to our website, www.continuum-hq.com. Now, this episode was also filmed with video, so to hang out with us in the studio, head to the Celestial Citizen YouTube channel. You can also follow us on Instagram at continuum.hq and on Twitter at continuum underscore HQ. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast by subscribing to the paid version of our Substack newsletter so you can stay up to date with what's going on in space. You can find links to all of these in the description of this episode, and we'll see you in two weeks for the next one. This is Continuum, one giant leap every other week. <laughs>